0: You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikina Okeke and be blessed. Philemon verses 4, 5, and 6. Please, we want to look at it and um, we start our meditation from there. Hallelujah. The Bible makes us understand Ephesians 1 from 3 it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has what? blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in christ jesus praise the lord blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in christ jesus he goes on and on and on and in verse 13 he says in whom you also trusted After you heard the word of truth, I'm reading verse 13 After you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with a seal. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. What are we seeing here? We are seeing that the Christian is blessed. Praise the Lord. Okay? The Christian is blessed. Praise the Lord. And this blessing we have is a blessing that is settled. Hallelujah. The Bible talks about an inheritance that is reserved in heaven for us that does not what? Fade away. It's a blessing that is unshakable. It's a blessing that is immovable. Now, in the book of Philemon, the apostle was writing to this brother. And he wrote to him concerning a very important matter, which we we'll take note of this morning. He says, I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayers. Hearing of your love and faith, which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the sins. And what is he asking? That the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Can we have the NLT, please, of this Philemon, the New Living Translation? He says there, verse 6, It says, And I'm praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all. All the good things we have in Christ. Praise the Lord. The Christian is as effective. The Christian is as full as he understands what he has. I think that is to be taken for granted. Praise the Lord. You are as effective as a Christian. You are as full, as loaded, as joyful as a Christian. To the extent you know what it means that you are a Christian. Praise the Lord. And that's why we mentioned, you know, Ephesians 1, 3, where it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord who has blessed the Christian. Okay? Who has blessed the Christian with every spiritual blessing. The Christian has no lack. Praise the Lord. The Christian has no need. The Christian has Christ. Hallelujah. The God, the creator of the world, has settled Everyone who is a Christian, we have become his. We are his adopted children. He has owned us. Now, somebody listening to me and he's imagining all the things that he does not have. That is why the Bible said to Philemon here, It says, by the acknowledgement of every good thing. Praise the Lord. By the acknowledgement of every good thing. NLT says, as you come to understand and experience you see you can have something and not understand it and if you don't understand something you cannot experience it do you know that how many of us have had devices that you could not get some benefit from because you did not understand how to work it now the same way it is with our faith you are here or you're listening online and you're a christian But then some things worry you. You are afraid of maybe coronavirus. But how can a Christian be afraid of a virus when the Bible says, "If you drink any deadly thing, it shall by one no means hurt you." Even said that you shall step on serpents and on scorpions. Isn't that what it said? And nothing will be able to harm you. Now, but if you don't understand what you have, then you will not also be able to experience. The same way you remember as little children those days, your father or your uncle will give you a 15 naira note. I think that must have been the largest then. And then a cousin of yours who is smarter than you will exchange it for you for a five-kobo coin or ten-kobo coin because he said, I'm giving you two pieces. And it takes what? One piece. And the one he's taking is paper, but he's giving you what? Copper. So you think you're smart. You're exchanging because you don't understand what you have. I pray that as Christians, we come to understand what we have. And this morning, it's supposed to be a Thanksgiving Sunday. And the temptation, or rather the default, not the temptation, is to start thanking God for. This is June, okay? So that means he's taking us through January, hasn't he? He's taking us through February. It was in February, this thing started coming, and we've made it through March, isn't it? And we've made it through April, we've made it through May, and this is June. To the glory of God, Father, we want to thank you. Hallelujah. So we are thanking God for bringing us through six months of the year 2020, which has been a wonderful, wonderful, interesting year, isn't it? But then the Christian is acknowledging and thanking God for what? The good things he has in Christ. He's not thanking God for six months of 2020. That is there, but everybody does that. The sense I want us to get, I'm going somewhere. If I had a theme for this sermon, I would call it just the Christian. The Christian, okay? Because you and I must see our difference. We must see that we are distinguished. In our world today, in our time now, when you address a senator, what do you call him? Distinguished senator, because they are eating money in a distinguished way. So, I mean, they are not on the same level as us. But the Christian must begin to see also that he himself is what? It's distinguished. And that's where I'm going. So, we thank God for all the other things that people thank God for because our God is good. The Bible says, Psalm 103 from verse 1, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Verse 2 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And what? And forget not how many. All his benefits. You know, the truth is that if the world, not even just the Christian, if any human being knew how much dependent he was on the mercies and the kindness of God for every second of his life, how much dependent he was, you know, everyone in this world will be clapping their hands at intervals, just saying, thank you, Jesus. Did you know that? Praise the Lord. Okay, so we said, if everyone knew, whether I'm not, this is not a Christian, how much dependent we're on the mercies of God. You see, the Bible says in Lamentations 3.22, it says it is because of his mercies that we are not consumed. And this is for everybody. You know, if you follow all those uh, science networks, from time to time they say there's an asteroid that is coming close to the earth and that is going to be this close. Now, if any of those things hit the earth, the earth will cease to exist. The movement of the sun and the moon and all of that. God controls every of those things with such precision that if anything went amiss we would not be existing. Either we'll freeze over or we'll melt over or something terrible will happen. Now, because some of these things, we are not aware of them, it is easy for the normal man to be looking around and be saying, what has God done for me lately? But you see, if you knew what God were doing for you, and you knew what God is doing for you. And for the Christian man, like we said, if you understood his benefits. So in that Psalm 103, when he begins to tell us about the benefits of the Lord, you notice that the first benefit he said, verse 3 now. The first benefit referred to there is what? It says, who forgives all, all what? Your iniquities. Who forgives all your iniquities? That's the first benefit. Now, that benefit is what distinguishes the Christian. The Christian is a saint, not because he was never a sinner. The Christian is a sinner who has what been made a saint because a chemical reaction has taken place. But he said, the Christian is a sinner, born a sinner. The psalmist said, in sin did my mother conceive me. So every Christian, I was born a sinner, lived a sinner for many years of my life. But on a certain day, the mercy of God, the goodness of God, the kindness of God, praise the Lord, the marvelous wonders of God occurred in my life and the blood of Jesus washed my sins away, took my sins and made nonsense of it and when they said, the Bible said the handwriting of requirement that was contrary to me, all the accusations all the things that were wrong with me, they could no longer find them, all that they could see was justified which means just as he had what? Never seen, And ever since then, not that he did that for me and left me. The Bible says he ever lives to what? To make intercessions for me. So I just was not forgiven. I just was not justified. But I have an advocate and I have a mediator. So when you call my name. No matter what my last name is. There is a last name you must add. Mwah Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Because he is my Lord and he is my savior. And no matter concerning me can be settled. Until he makes his impute. And you know the impute he makes in heaven. He said I redeemed him. Praise the Lord. That's what the Christian has. Anyway, so it says to us in Psalm 103, verse 3, it says, Who forgives, what? All your iniquities. Now, in the second part of it says what? Who heals all your diseases. Notice the progression. Leave three, add four, five to that. We'll touch that quickly before we move on. You see, the Spirit of God is showing us something here. From order of importance. Now, we know that, you know, we're in a time now where health is the top discussion everywhere. Praise the Lord. We've not heard Forbes magazine, The Richest People. Have we heard them recently? If you watch the news now, the only thing you're hearing is those that caught sickness, those that, they don't even tell you those that have been discharged. They only telling you those that are caught and those that have died. Those that have been healed, they don't tell you because they're purveyors of bad news. You don't get to hear that. So, but, but you see that after we're told who forgives all our iniquities. The next thing is what? Who heals all our diseases. I want to make a point here. That is in order of importance. Because you see, priority matters. What you do first matters. If you, if you did mathematics or even law, any, any area of study, any area of discipline. If you miss the placing of priority, you miss everything. Even in cooking, the time you put a particular ingredient, is not the ingredients that make the soup sweet. It is the timing at which you put them. And the distance, that you know, the intervals. Are there cookers here? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You see, so it's not just that you put maggi and put onions and put this thing. No. The time you put them, Helen, am I right? And the interval at which you put them matters. The same way God is saying to us here, thank me yes i heal that is what i do praise the lord jesus christ with the stripes what happened we were healed settled praise the lord and then even this healing he has done do you know he heals dogs do you know he heals rats do you, have you wounded a cockroach and thought he died for you to go and get newspaper to remove it and you came back and he has moved he has been healed Oh, somebody's not hearing me. (laughs) He said, who redeems your life from what? Destruction. He delivers. The house falls and, you know, the people that survive. These are the things God does. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Satisfies your mouth with what? Good things. Every good thing in this world. Who made it? The devil didn't create a thing. The anointing and the ability of the devil is to pervert. He has never been able to create. Praise the Lord. No, he has never been able to create. And I think his most extreme creation is when he takes a woman that God made and says to the woman, you're a man. And the man agrees. And the woman agrees to become a man. Praise the Lord. We have someone, one of them in Nigeria, have you? That's uh, that one. Okay, so, so the devil has never created, but he has a power to pervert. Now, if there's anything good anywhere, I want you to know it's God that did it. Praise the Lord. If there's any good thing in any area of the world, even if somebody says the devil made it, no, the devil didn't make it. The devil might be operating in that environment, but the devil cannot make a thing. He can't even make bread. No, he can't. Praise the Lord. If it is good one. So good things, it says, who satisfies your mouth? With what? With good good things. It is God that does it. Praise the Lord. There's a little boy that when you ask what happened, he said, he say, mama did it. Okay? So, I want to ask you, is there any good thing in your life? I want you to say, my daddy did it. Praise the Lord. Are you experiencing any good thing now? Your daddy did it. And that your daddy is even the one that is doing for the foolish ones. Those who are insulting him. He's good. He said he causes his rain to fall on who? On the just and on the unjust. And that's why we started laying on Wednesday. Don't be angry with anybody unnecessarily. Because while you're being angry with somebody, God can be pouring goodness on the person. It's not a measure of love. It's just that God is good. And out of Him, what? Flows goodness everywhere. 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 Okay? So it continues like that. But the point I want us to get this morning as a church is that the Christian is at levels over and beyond all this list that we have you see the christian is somebody who thanks god come with me to Luke chapter 10 who thanks god not for events or rather not just for events thank you holy spirit not just for events not just for good happenings not just for healings of diseases not just for deliverances not just for good things the christian thanks god For one thing and one thing primarily in Luke ten verse twenty. Luke ten verse twenty, Jesus said to the disciples who he had sent out seventy of them. Let me read from seventeen. Just bear with me. Then the seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us what? In your name. They were already rejoicing. Why were they rejoicing? That they had power. Over demons. That's one thing we have. That the world doesn't have. Did you know that? Yes. The Christian has authority over demons. And Jesus said to them. I saw what? Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And verse 19 he said to them. Behold I give you the authority. To trample on serpents and scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall what? By any means, help to you. Now, the Christian has this privilege. The Bible says, as many as received into them, he gave what? He gave the power, he gave the authority to become what? Children of God. As children of God, you have this privilege. Now, I want you to begin from today to thank God. Over and beyond what that friend, what that neighbor, who is not a Christian, cannot thank God for. You thank God because you have authority over demons. Is somebody hearing me? It's only Christians that have it people who are not Christians, demons have authority over them. And if you're a Christian listening to me, and you have been afraid of demons, today that ends, because you're coming to understand, and to what? Experience that good thing that you have in Christ Jesus. Because when we now as believers, understand this is ours, then you can say, I know I should be the one ordering you around. I I don't know if you've heard the testimony of, um, one of our brothers, Pastor Andy Osakwe. His testimony of his experience, okay, with some, you know, demons that had been harassing him. I think it was after the father died or something. He says every time he goes to the village, they come to the house, do all kinds of things, you know, moving doors, shaking the whole house. So he said at a particular time when he got the revelation that he himself was the one that should order this demon around. So he realized, I think, I can't remember this story, but long and short was that when he knew who he was... And that this demon was under him. He now said to the demon, wait. Sit there. Okay, go. Don't go yet. I... You know, he turned the tables. Why? Because he came to understand that this power had what? Been released to him in Christ Jesus. Anybody who is a child of God, who is born by the Spirit of God, carries the Holy Spirit. You know what it means to carry the Holy Spirit? It's like for you to be the commander of the Joint Chief of Staff of the uh, U.S. Army. And then you are afraid of uh, which country now? Eritrea. The Eritrean army want to attack you and they're afraid. Will you be afraid? No, even LAPD, the LA police can deal with them. You wouldn't even need an army. Now, the Christian has this authority and must operate in this power. But if you don't understand it, so some people come now, you're suffering from things and the demons are suggesting things to you. You have this problem, you have this problem. All you need to do is say, keep out of this environment In the name of Jesus Christ And it will be done Is somebody hearing me? Praise the Lord I remember another story I hope I get it correctly A, a pastor, I think it was uh, Rod Parsley then Said he was carrying the children in the car, At the back of the car Then one of the child said Get out, get out So he told why are you talking to your brother like that He said, no, he wasn't talking to the brother That it was the devil he was asking to get out Because the devil was telling him to slap the brother That's authority is somebody getting what I'm saying? Say, get out. You know, sometimes you're there and the enemy tells you, okay, you're going to be sick. What do you say? Ask my wife, sometimes I'll just say out. I say, I will not have cough. It's a conversation. Jesus, the Bible said, looked at the tree and answered the tree. Say, let no man eat of you. It meant the tree was talking to him. Many things are talking to you. And you have authority as a child of God to talk back. But when you don't understand that these are the benefits and the privileges you have, you will not make use of them. So he said to them, or rather first they said, Demons are what? Subject to us in your name. That must become your experience. Somebody say, amen. 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 Then Jesus now went forth and says, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. So whether they be spiritual whether they be governmental, whether they be institutional, the Christian has authority in the name of Jesus over some power of the enemy. Is that what he said? Over how many? All the power of the enemy. You see, the Christian is a victor. We are on the winning side. The Bible says, this is the victory that overcomes the world. What? Our faith. The Bible says Christ who is in us is what? Greater than he that is in the world. The Christian has Christ inside of him. The Christian has the Holy Spirit. So sickness, the world and all the things that try to push and all of that, you have authority over them. And nothing is able, permitted to hurt you unless as allowed by your father in heaven. You see, when some of these things began to be clear to me was when I read another story. I told us that, that account here many years ago about a man that was shot. He had gunshots in the head. He had gunshots in the heart. He had gunshots all over the body, about 17 or 20-something bullets. And this man, they called the mother on the phone and just wanted to inform the mother that this man or this young boy had died. But the mother said, the son that he has been praying for, God had not told him that he will bury him. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? So she refused to give them permission. And they needed permission before they can begin to cut the, the, child, the body open. And, you know, do autopsy and all of that and remove the bullets and write their records. So this woman refused. Immediately she sent for her prayer partner and said, this is what they said, but I reject that. My son is going to leave. Do you know that that boy, or rather that man, was the one telling the story? Twenty-something bullets in the head, chest everywhere. What am I trying to say? If God says you will leave, you will leave. It does not matter what will happen. It does not matter what the enemy does. It doesn't matter. God controls this world. The scripture that says, "...no weapon formed against you shall prosper." You see, that scripture goes back to say, I created the blacksmith that puts the coal in the fire to form the bullet, to form the arrow, to form whatever it is that i are trying to make against. It. And it says, once it is designed against you, and I am for you. So the Bible says, if God be for you, Then who can, from where would they go from God to be against you? Is somebody getting who the Christian is? So it says he has power over all the power of the enemy. That's where you are. These are the things that you should be thankful for. Because many times we forget these things and we reduce our thanksgiving and we reduce our sources of joy to the very thing that the world also rejoices over I think that's the point I make most times I preach. You are a Christian. And I'm going to go quickly and try to get to where I'm going. In verse 20, Jesus now says to them, Nevertheless, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you. But what? He said, but rather rejoice, what? Because your names are written in what? In heaven. Now, pause a bit. When I saw this, I said to the Holy Spirit, the one that is happening already is powerful enough. I command demons. Hallelujah. That's enough to rejoice now. Praise the Lord. That's reason to rejoice. I mean, how many people can command demons? He said to me, demons operate in ranks. Superior demons command demons too. So, commanding demons... I mean, some of us come from villages where if a particular uh, witch doctor is giving trouble, you can go to a higher one. And then that higher one will discipline the junior witch doctor, isn't it? It's authority, okay? So he said, no, that in their kingdom, they also command themselves. He said, but what, what about when he said overpowered? He said, amongst their kingdom also, there are some people. Have you seen people that fortify themselves? Some time ago, we had the Bakasi boys, isn't it? The Bakasi boys. And then we had the uh, people who you know, dealt with our, our DSS and all of that. So all kinds of people like this who are able to meander through these things, through association and dedication and selling out to the enemy and, you know, accord with the enemy. But he said, this one, nevertheless, this one. <laughs> he says, rejoice, what? Because your names are what? Written in heaven. What am I trying to say, children of God? And St. June. 28, 2020, the greatest reason that a Christian should rejoice is not that he has not been infected with COVID-19, it's not that he has made it to the middle of the year, it's not that he has bought a new car, it's not that this and this has happened, it's that what his name is what, written in what, in heaven, now if you look at that in Amplified Version, it says enrolled. They said this written is not just writing, it says it is in the record, means you are being expected in heaven. He said this is the reason the Christians should what? Rejoice. You rejoice because even though you are on earth, you are a citizen of heaven. Heaven knows you. When you pray, you pray in local language. Is somebody getting? It? It he said this is a reason to rejoice. Why? He said this reason will never change. Even when finally you are in heaven, you will be rejoicing that you are in heaven. Do you know that there are many things that you came to church dancing over that you are not dancing over now? Did you know that? Some people got married dancing to the altar. They are not dancing about that husband or that wife again. Praise the Lord. Some people bought a car, you know, dancing about it. Now, if you ask them about that car, they say, that car, eh? Hmm, wahala some people came dancing about different things. Some even danced of entrance admission into a, an educational institution. When exam comes, they say this school, eh? But there is a reason for rejoicing that today, tomorrow, next tomorrow, day after tomorrow, you know, under the earth, in the air, anywhere. What happened? You will always. That's why Jesus said, nevertheless. Because you see, remember, Jesus is the author of life. The Bible says, Jesus Christ, the same word, yesterday, today, and forever. That's why you and I must take the words of Jesus seriously. What he does is always forever. The world can give you momentary shifting cultivation. You're happy today, tomorrow you're sad. But when Jesus brings a blessing to you, that blessing is what? So he said to them, rejoice that your names are what? Recorded. This is what the Christian rejoices about. Now, let me help you appreciate this even further. Because for most of us, our Christian experience, you know, we really take it a bit, you know, for granted. In Acts 26, in Acts chapter 26, we have the account where Paul was defending himself before the governor, Felix and King Agrippa and the rest of them. And, you know, they sat Paul down, and Paul, you know, began to have this conversation with them, telling them, this is why, this is what happened to me, you know, uh, from verse 1, it goes down, you know, my manner of youth, you know, manner of life from my youth, Acts 26, 4 which was spent from the beginning among my own nation at Jerusalem, all the Jews knew. They knew me from the first day that are willing to testify that according to the strictest set of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. He says, and now I stand and I'm judged for the hope of the promise made by God to our fathers. Okay. He went on and on. And in verse eight, he says, why should it be thought incredible to you that God raises the dead? Indeed, I myself thought I must do many things, contrary to the name of this Jesus of Nazareth. This I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints I shot up in prison, having received authority from the chief priests. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. He went on and on, telling them about his former life. And then from verse 12, he says, While thus occupied... As I journeyed to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest, at midday, O king, along the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining around me, and those who journeyed with me. And when we had all fallen to the ground, he says, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the gods. So I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Let's stop here for now. Now, this is the story of a man who was persuaded that what he was doing was right and was going on a particular direction and had the backings of the authorities supporting him. And what was he doing? He was persecuting Jesus and his church. Praise God. But this man, the Bible says... Had this encounter, and at the end of the encounter, he said to them in verse 19 of that, he says, Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the word heavenly vision. Now, do you know that for you to be a Christian, it is not by your power, it's not by your mind. The Bible talks about those whom the God of this age had blinded their minds, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine upon them and they will see. Now, Paul, being a Christian, he gave the background. I was so wrong on the opposite direction. And that's why you and I must have mercy on non-Christians. The issue I have and you should have with sin is not with non-Christians. What non-Christians need is salvation. The challenge is Christians sinning. I hope you get me right. The challenge is when you say you're a Christian. And then you continue in sin. But when those who are not Christians are sinning. That is their default position. They can't help it. They are still in darkness. They are captives of the devil. Praise the Lord. So, we don't have issues with them. What we have for them is compassion. And what we do is we pray that this same light that shone upon the apostle Paul saw then and made him see all of a sudden that he was going in the wrong direction will shine on the unsaved. Praise God. But for the Christian, we have issues because how can you be toying with so great a salvation? Are you getting what we are talking about? Anyway, the point I'm making is in this particular verse... Uh, passage. Sorry, Paul keeps speaking, and then in verse twenty-eight there's a very sad statement that we find there. Festus said to in verse twenty-four. Festus said to Paul, "Paul, you're beside yourself. Much learning is driving you mad." Paul said, "I'm, I'm not mad, most noble Festus. But speak the words of what truth and reason." He said, for the king before whom I also speak freely, knows these things, for I'm convinced that none of these things escapes his attention, since this thing was not done in a corner. Then he turned to King Agrippa and said, King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? Do you believe what I'm talking about? I know you do. Now look at 28, everybody read it for me. He says, then Agrippa said to Paul, you almost persuade me to become a Christian. Brethren, this is my point of thanksgiving, that I was able to be persuaded to become a Christian. You don't know what it means. You don't know what it means. Let me help you appreciate what it means. We are in a world now where even children, you see, when we are growing up, we didn't hear about death. The closest I heard about death was when I lost one of my uncles, you know. And it was so strange. For a long time, I didn't know what it meant. But now children know death because, you know, the news and everywhere. This King Agrippa now, where is he? Is he a king now? Where is he? Do you know that even his bones you may not be able to find? Governor Festus, where is he? All the participants in this conversation, Paul started his defense by making a statement. He said he wished all of them there were as he was, but without the chains. Today, Paul is alive in heaven. We read about him in Hebrews 12. It says, since we are surrounded by what? So great a cloud. These men are living. They're not just living, they're living in, in heaven. They're living in the presence of Jesus. They're living in a place where they don't need the son. Where the Bible says no more pain, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more sickness. That's where they're living. But do you know that everybody that had this conversation with Paul, who did not become a Christian, do you know where they are now? They're in hell. Brothers and sisters, hell is real. Hell is real. Heaven is real. You see, sometimes I wonder, and, you know, it grieves me inside of my heart, and I wonder, people are dying, and we have close relatives, close friends who die, and why are people bothered about where they're going? We are working so hard to keep people from dying, but we know they must die. I was reading the account of a medical doctor recently. Said he gave a woman, a religious woman a lift, you know, a confused woman a lift. And the woman said, a yeah, medical doctor. He said, no patient shall die in your hand. And the doctor said he didn't know how to answer that prayer. Because actually some patients are actually brought in just for you to certify dead. You know, long and short was that this woman was say, trying to say to this, preach the gospel to this man. And was trying to say to him that, you know, just if you, if you follow what I'm saying you will become popular. And the doctor was saying, throughout the whole conversation, the woman didn't talk about Jesus. He was just talking about how the pastor is popular because he lays hands on the sick and they recover. And how this person... You know, anyway, but that's not where we're going. What I'm trying to say, brothers and sisters, is this. The Christian is the only person who is on earth that has a better tomorrow assured. Not only that he has a better tomorrow assured, If he gets it right, he can rejoice now. The Apostle Paul that wrote to us saying, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say what? Rejoice. Was not in a party. His feet were in stocks. He was in the prison. But because he had the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, who is the source of joy, he could in every situation and in every circumstance have the joy of the Lord. That's who the Christian is. The Christian, we thank God for material blessings. But the Christian is blessed beyond material blessings. The Christian is above and not beneath. The Christian has a source of satisfaction and fulfillment that they don't sell in supermarkets. They don't sell it in cash shops. They don't sell it where they sell land. FCDA does not give certificate to that. The Christian is loaded beyond measure. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? The Christian does not need to be married to be fulfilled. The Christian does not need to have physical children to be fulfilled. Why? Because the Christian has Jesus, has Jehovah, has God as his own. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? The Christian is not on the level with anybody. That's why, you see, when the Bible says, love your enemies, it's actually have mercy on them. Because there's a level of blessing, if you're really blessed, that cannot allow hate to dwell in you. We are so loaded as Christians. Do you know what it means? That even when we sin, there's forgiveness. He says if we walk in the light as is in the light, the blood of Jesus Christ also cleanses us. So the Christian even makes a mistake. And you know what? He repents and they forgive him. Where do you buy that from? Where do you buy that from? You're over speeding in the US, you know, or in in, in the UK. And police stops, he say I made a mistake, forgive me. They don't hear that now. They don't understand that. It's just a mistake. But the Christian says, sorry, Lord. I missed it and then he forgives you and he restores you. The other day we saw that he was saying to us, I rejoice over you. That's such, that is a privilege we have. The Christian can lay, he said, cast your cares and burdens onto me for what happened. He says, I care for you. He said, call on me and I will do what? I will answer you. These are the privileges we have as a Christian. We are never left alone. We are never left alone, but we are never to be like the world. Do you know that many things that are making Christians sad today, if you decipher it and break it down, it is because they are looking to the world. And when the Bible says the joy that will be our strength, it didn't say the joy from the television. It didn't say the joy from the advertisement. It didn't say the joy from ShopRite. It didn't say the joy from sorrow. What joy shall be your strength? The joy of the Lord. That is what will be the Christian strength. That's why the Bible doesn't say to us, looking at Dangote, looking at Dangote, uh, looking at uh, uh, Bill Gates. That's why I don't understand how people can come to church and the preacher will be teaching them and be telling them you can become rich by Bill Gates. Seven principles of becoming prosperous. Where, do you want to go to where he's going? The Bible says, looking unto who? Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith. That's where the, the Christian has joy. No matter what happens to him, he has joy. He has joy. He's living in the presence of his God. I want you to jump up on your feet if you're a Christian and just bless the Lord. Let me not hear you say, I don't have this. For you have him. Let me not hear you say, listen, thank God he's God. He says, and to him who is able to do immeasurably more all that we can ask or imagine concerning doing he's able to do but I'm the preacher I'm telling you what he has done he said bless the Lord oh my soul he didn't say what he's going to do he said and forget not what all his benefits what has he done who forgives all your if you have been guilty here before and sentence was waiting on you, you will know the blessedness of sentence being lifted off of your head, if there is a Christian, I want you to thank the Lord we thank God this middle year we thank God it has kept us from coronavirus but today I want to say thank you Jehovah that my name is there my name is there. The sang and said, My name is there. My name is there. I'm a Christian. I can pray. I have the privilege of forgiveness. Do you know what it means to be able to forgive a, a friend? Or to forgive somebody who offends you. It's Christians that have that privilege. And we are only able to forgive because we have been forgiven. Do you know the privilege of loving somebody? Even those who don't love you. You are only able to do that love because they have been deposited with God's love. Do you know the privilege of being able to ask... For help in a situation, you don't know what to do, but you realize that the Bible says not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, and you call upon his name and say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And the help of Jehovah comes and sees you through a circumstance, a situation. That is who the Christian is. The Christian is unstoppable. Because he has exceeded the, the requirements of this world. He's above. He's born of God. He has the spirit of the Father in him. He has the spirit of the Son in him. His eyes are lifted. You can't bring him down. He's already seated in heavenly places, far above principalities and powers. Are there Christians in the house? I want you to show some joy. I want you to show some appreciation. Hallelujah. I want you to let the know, Lord know. Hallelujah that you are grateful for being a christian i thank god for my wife i thank god for my children i thank god for my beloved brethren all of you looking beautiful and wonderful but above all i want to say jesus thank you thank you thank you my name is there yes another one says i have another fellowship so whatever happens, friends forsake you, family forsake you, they turn their back on you. Then do you know that you have another fellowship in heaven? Do you know that there is a place where they are looking at you? And are saying, we are waiting on you. You are special, you are beloved, you are delight. Any Christian in the house, please come and help us. Just put, your, put those hands together, lift that voice and just celebrate the Lord. The oh. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 9 290 9000 or 703 You can find us online at www. W. The Father's Church God bless you.